You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Uh, bring on Facebook and then we'll get going here. Great show planned for you this evening. But we got to get the tribe all under one big tent and it looks like we're good. Welcome in everybody to the Huddle Up podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host Chad Jensen with me my fellow football priest, the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we're going to pick Luke Patterson's brain here in just a minute, but it's looking like one step forward, two step back, just like we were telling fans to kind of expect from Drew opening training camp. You know, as the one of the bigger, you know, I, I feel like I've opened every show by saying this, but one of the bigger lock fans out there, I, I lauded him yesterday for his good practice and same with Teddy Bridgewater. But I also cautioned that not to read into every single practice, not to keep a scorecard, not to make it Team Drew versus Team Teddy. We should all be happy that on the days that maybe Drew doesn't look good, Teddy Bridgewater looked good. We want the best for the Broncos, no matter the quarterback. But that's also, you know, we, we said that about training camp. Give it some time. Don't expect uh, MVP out of the gates. Give it until preseason at least to see how it comes along. Uh, but even to that extent, though, that is what Drew Locke has proven himself to be. Based on nothing else, take away all the other narratives, take away all the analytics and all the stats. As a quarterback, his tendency is to run really hot and cold, is to look really good one yep. play and really not so great the next play. And that's what we've come to know. Hopefully he shakes that. Hopefully he can minimize the times he looks bad. But I'm not surprised that it hasn't happened yet. It's still only day two of practice. We have to keep that in perspective. Speaking of perspective, let's grab the guy who was there, our boots on the ground, Luke Patterson, co-host of the Mile High Insiders podcast. Luke, what's going on, my friend? Great job today. Very interesting notebook read. I'm sure most everybody has caught up on that by this point. But, hey, man, tell us, obviously, the headline in your notebook, Teddy wins the day. But tell us why. What did you see today from Teddy? Well, just to echo what Zach's saying, the world's falling if you're a Drew Locke fan today, right? And yesterday, if you're a Teddy fan, the world was falling yesterday. Good Lord, people, calm down. It's been two days. Uh, but landslide victory for Teddy today. Today. That's us grading the day. Now, I try to emphasize grading the day because it's a new day tomorrow, fellas. It really is. It's not just a cliche thing. But when I look at Teddy Bridgewater, he was steady Teddy, man. He has control over this offense. He's barking at the line of scrimmage. He's got synergy with his teammates, and he is accurate. I am so tired of the 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 tweets, the narrative of just four-yard checkdowns. It's more than four yards, guys. It's five, six, seven yards. Those translate to first down, something that the Denver Broncos in Pat Shermer's offense, they haven't done. So steady Teddy, he looked well. He's got good energy. He throws his receivers open. I really liked a crossing route, approximately 20 to 30 yards to Timmy P today. Got the crowd going. And Tim Patrick, one of my stars of the day. But Drew Locke, very, very inconsistent today. I think he's paying attention to those feet, something I referenced last night. Um, he's being very careful, though, fellas, something he referenced yesterday in his press conference about trying to be more of a controlled gunslinger, something along those lines. He's not just wanting to throw the ball into, into coverage, hoping that someone snags it down, hoping that a Cortland Sutton gets his back. He's a little bit cautious, and I think that today he had a few bad throws. 
He couldn't quite get rid of him, but as we were talking before the show started, Zach did point out, Drew Locke finished the red zone okay today. It's finished out with the touchdown. Timmy Pats, you can't beat that. It's a hell of a way to end practice. Something Vic Fangio said the Broncos will be doing every day, red zone drills. So I'm curious to see how the quarterback thing shakes out tomorrow. But for now, Teddy Bridgewater with the slide edge in day two. Hey, hey, Luke, you know, to keep it fair, Teddy Bridgewater, I think, I'm not, I don't believe in grading the days, wins and losses, but if you had to, I would say that he won today. Take us through, if you had a decent vantage point, which I'm sure you did talking to you, about that Teddy, P touch, Teddy B touchdown to Timmy P. That's a tough sentence to say there. It was a floater, and he beat the coverage of Kyle Fuller. That's a former, you know, Pro Bowl player. So tell us yeah. about that play. Yeah, uh, it's a crossing route that had I had my eye on it all the time just because of the matchup. I want to see how this new Bronco looks in Kyle Fuller because everyone talks about Vic Fangio's system and how great it is. Bryce Callahan is in love with it. Bryce Callahan having another productive training camp. He's healthy, knock on wood. Uh, Kyle Fuller, man, he's he plays the part. He's a physical, cerebral corner, but Tim Patrick, he's got that size on him and he's able to separate. I love the ability for Teddy Bridgewater to throw receivers open. That's something that I think is an underrated aspect of his game. Yes, we can make fun of him about the deep balls. Yes, we can make fun of him about the interception, something that Drew Locke nor Teddy Bridgewater have done, thrown a pick. Now, it could be argued that Drew could have thrown a couple of picks, but he didn't, okay? He didn't throw those picks. So let's not tear the kid apart because a couple picks could have happened. But on that crossing route, Tim Patrick, Teddy Bridgewater, I saw that synergy. I uh, saw the connection between the two. And Teddy Bridgewater's comfortability in this offense, Zach, Chad, it's bizarre. The guy has just gotten in town, and you can tell that he is feeling himself. He likes being on this team. His teammates like him. I told you all yesterday he was hanging out with the defensive backs, K-Jack and Justin Simmons. Well, today he's hanging out with the defensive linemen, picking their brains, and not just joking around and yapping it up. So I really like the synergy, the energy, and more the play of Teddy Bridgewater in day two. Max Power from across the pond. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. He says, so Teddy was hitting the deep balls today and was nine for nine on in seven on seven with two scores. He does everything Drew Locke can do. So what's the holdup in calling him the starter? Luke, answer that, but also answer, yeah. can he you do can have everything that Drew Locke can do? No, he can't do everything. Yeah, thank you so much for the super chat and appreciate you joining uh, the Huddle Up Pod. Uh, no, he can't do everything that Drew can do, but Drew can't do everything Teddy can do either. So it, they're two different quarterbacks. Yes, Drew has a big arm. I'm so tired of hearing about an arm. Everybody, the high school kid at your quarter, the high school quarterback down the street has a big arm. How accurate are you? How you know versatile are you with your game, taking it from the classroom and applying it on the field? Uh, those are comparisons that are really, really tricky. But yeah, I mean, Drew Locke, under 50% today throwing. That's that's awful. Only one ball hit the ground for Teddy, uh, I think, in seven-on-seven seven and team period. So Drew Locke, he's making some of the same mistakes that he's previously made. Now he's not throwing those picks and he hasn't fumbled yet, but he's kind of reminding the coaches why Teddy Bridgewater was a good insurance policy, especially today. That's not to say that he can't change that narrative tomorrow. I'm, I'm fully expecting Drew Locke to come out there in business mode. And I'm going to have to give my good partner, Nick Kendall, some grief because he was comparing Paxton Lynch a little bit with Drew Locke. And I can't stand it. Drew Locke cares. He's put in the work. Um, you know, and I like the Josh Nick Kendall, so please get at Nick Kendall MHH. But no, it's just one of those things for me where it's 
it's day two, guys. That's why we can't anoint Teddy Bridgewater the starter. It's day two. Do you really want to just move forward with Teddy and throw away Drew? I don't, and I'm one of the most critical Drew Locke people there is. I want to see what Drew can do after, you know, two close days to competition. Uh, Luke, I a billion percent agree with you that Teddy Bridgewater, if nothing else, was an excellent insurance policy. And the other end of the spectrum compared to someone like Jeff Driscoll, uh, Chase Wellner hopping in, $5 super. Thank you so much, Chase, for joining us tonight. Uh, Luke, he wants to know, I heard Shermer show signs of using more pre-snap motion. I'd like to see that. I asked you this yesterday. I know it was day one. On day two, did you see anything different from the offense with Pat Shermer? Was it a 2021 offensive scheme that you were seeing in front of you, or was it something that was hearkening back to 2003? You mentioned screen passes yesterday to Melvin Gordon. Uh, Were players getting more involved today? Yeah, you saw some 12 personnel out there, one running back, two tight ends, something I really like, something that the Broncos are trying to go more towards. If you're being honest and you're looking at the scheme and you're looking at the players, Pat Shermer needs to run the ball more. Melvin Gordon, I was glowing about the guy in my day one journal. He picked it up again. He had another fantastic day to today now it's hard to truly grade the running game when you're going through these these practices because the offensive line defensive line they're not padded up right so it's kind of just a big mesh of guys going from the left to the right so for what that's worth you are seeing a lot of pre-snap motions you're starting to see the tight ends Noah Fant Albert O uh you're starting to see these guys in just a variety of packages a lot different than just the 10 personnel four wide receivers, something that we saw last year. And no, I have not seen Royce Freeman flexed out as a wide receiver. So I'm going to give Pat Shermer all the credit in the world. All right. We got one here <clears throat> real quick. We got to grab one um, from where did he go? Zeus in the house. Just showing some love. Here he is. Zeus. Love you, Stu. Hope you're doing well. You know, we appreciate you, my friend. You the man. Um, Tell us real quick here, Luke, because I know, we, again, we got limited time with you, but tell me you were quite vociferous in your praise for Cortland Sutton, Timmy P today, Patrick Sertan. I read all about it in the notebook. Tell us what you're seeing in that Sutton-Patrick thing, and is it kind of becoming a, you know, where they, they realize they are competitive opponents? I'm sure they're boys and they're friends, but can you feel these two kind of competing for the same seat at the table? Yeah, and I would argue that the day that Jerry Judy was drafted, that conversation with Cortland Sutton began with our educated fans in Broncos country. And, uh, you know, Bob Morris is always breaking down the contracts. Be sure to get a milehighhuddle.com. He recently wrote up a Cortland Sutton piece, which was awesome. But uh, for me, when you're the Denver Broncos, I think they're willing to commit to these rookie contracts when you're looking at Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. So what do you do with these two alpha dog wide receivers in Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick? Tim Patrick finishing up the last year on his deal. Um, I'm wondering if he's trade bait, something we were talking a little bit about before the show. Quick peek behind the curtain. Uh, New Orleans Saints need some wide receivers, right? Uh, Zach mentioned, and I fully agree, Tim Patrick could arguably start on a majority of the NFL teams right now. The guy is physical. He's consistent. uh, Doesn't drop balls. He's blocking on the perimeter. He'll do special teams. He'll do whatever you ask him to do. And when I talked to him this last offseason in the press conference, he told me I like to be a football player, not just a wide receiver. So teams love that. Uh, he's also a, a scoring machine, something that uh, he's adding to his repertoire. Not No longer 
just a possession receiver. Now, Corlin Sutton, how's he going to rebound from injury? I think he's going to be just fine. They're working him back in with the ones. Yesterday was a little bit of a lighter day. Today, you see him getting after it a little bit. Now, he is wearing a knee brace. Um, that's okay. No one need to freak out or anything like that. So the Broncos need to decide if they want to pay Cortland Sutton the money that I think he's worth. I'm not sure that they're willing to do that. They've got a lot of lucrative decisions to make coming up here, whether that be in the defensive secondary. And I'm not just talking about Kareem Jackson, folks. We know Justin Simmons is signed, but you got to figure out what you're going to do at corner. Yeah, you've got Pat Sertan as a rookie corner, and that guy is off the chain, fellas. Let me tell you what. I can't just go ahead and break down every aspect of where he was playing because of the media, NFL protocols, and things like that. But let's just say they have him on the field. They have every reason to move him around. He isn't just covering receivers, all right? Something that the Broncos have had problems with for years, covering at a specific position. Um, maybe a guy like Travis Kelsey sees a little bit of Pat Sertan. Maybe a guy like Darren Waller sees a little bit of Pat Sertan. The guy is an animal. He is in line, first in line, every drill. He is leading the DBs, and he's a rookie, guys. That's the thing. He's a rookie, and he's leading them. I absolutely love it. I think he can break this rookie mold, and uh, Broncos have a difficult decision to make when it comes to committing the wide receivers within the next year. Uh, Luke, I got one more question for you. I want to take a quick little super from Andrew here, 499. Thank you so much, Andrew, for hopping in with us tonight. He goes, good evening, fam. Off to see old with kiddo, we'll watch Manana look forward to quarterback debate. <laughs> it's always a, a good uh, a good time when we're debating the Broncos quarterbacks, isn't it, Luke? And you know what? I, I am one of the biggest Tim Patrick fans a lot. I love Cortland Sutton, but Timmy Patrick is going to make himself so much money this season, and I can't wait to see him get paid. Unfortunately, it won't be from the Broncos more than likely, unless, you know, knock wood, Cortland Sutton goes down again. There's a, there's a setback. He's proven to be Cortland Sutton light. So he can almost do everything Cortland Sutton can. I can't watch him, wait to watch him play on this offense this year. One quick question, shifting gears. You told me about on defense, some more of the unknown players in the trenches were showing up today. What stood out to you on that side of the ball? My guy, McTelvin Najim, who I said needed to have a good camp, definitely had a good day today. He got a batted ball, and I would be remiss speaking of batted balls if I did not mention one Shelby Harris, a guy that I know that you've been high on, Chad. You've been high on, Broncos country fan favorite. Uh, Shelby was getting after it today, guys. McTelvin Najim getting after it. Uh, Mike Purcell, that interior defensive line, they were getting the push. They started direct practice a little bit. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. You got to get that pressure and you got to get it from the inside. Something that the Broncos have not done. Uh, yes, you've got Vaughn on the outside. Hopefully you have Chubb on the outside. But when you get that internal pressure, that right up the middle, A-gap, Alexander Johnson's favorite thing to do, blitz the A-gap. And then do the T-Rex dance, man. So now you look at you look at McTelvin Najim. I really like the kid's potential and he's competing for a spot. Make make no bones about it. Um, it's one of those things where there is no position that is guaranteed in this training camp. He didn't do it a lot last year, guys. And uh, I kind of had a little bit of egg on my face after scouting him at the Shrine Bowl. But I, I would expect big things from from uh, Shelby Harris this year. He's happy to be here. He's feeling motivated. He let everybody know that his Milwaukee Bucks uh, won the NBA title. And Shelby's a hell of an interview, hell of a man, and a hell of a Bronco. So watch out for this Broncos defensive line because they're nasty, fellas. All right, my last one for you, my friend, and we'll cut you loose is of what you've seen the first couple of days 
who, what are you most looking forward, intrigued by to see tomorrow? You know, what are you most intrigued to see unfold tomorrow in terms of development, taking steps day to day? Drew Locke, to be honest with you, because I'm his biggest critic. I know everyone likes to call me his biggest hater, but go back and look. I was the one saying draft this guy in the first round out of Missouri. Um, I, it's not that I've given up on Drew. It's that I'm very impressed with his maturity. No, he didn't have a good day today, but you know what? He wasn't moping about it. He didn't have his head down. Um, I think he did a lot of growing up over the last year, fellas. I really do. And, you know, Drew Locke, the Colin Cowherd thing, that's low-hanging fruit. We've been there. We've seen it. Teddy Bridgewater, he's steady Teddy, and that's the way he is with his mentality as well. Um, he's not too high. He's not too low. He's right here, and that's where Drew Locke is right now, something that we really haven't seen. We know Drew can get emotional. I've seen it in the press conferences just like you guys have. He never throws his teammates under the bus, but he's very, very hard on himself. I want Drew to go out there with a clean slate tomorrow. I want him to take command of this team because the fact of the matter is Drew Locke isn't even fighting for a second string or the first string job. He's fighting for a job in the NFL. Uh, quarterbacks come and go in the league, fellas. We've seen it a lot here in Denver. So it's not to say that if Denver got rid of Drew or anything like that, he couldn't land on another team, but Drew gets it. He understands this is the chance of his life, not to go all eight mile on you, but Drew Locke, he needs to go out there, man, and straight up lose himself in the moment tomorrow. I want to see what this young man can do because he's put in the work. Now I need to see him put in the results. Well done, dude. Well done dropping some uh, cinematic anecdotes. Heck yeah. All right, guys, well, make sure you are following Luke on Twitter, at yes. Luke Patterson LP. We will continue to try to catch up with Luke on the shows daily. And then, yep. of course, look for his every single day within about an hour of camp, the final horn being sounded, his tra uh, training camp notebook at milehighhuddle.com. So, Luke, get some rest, my friend. Have a great day tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks again. Yeah, appreciate it, fellas. Get to milehighhuddle.com where we got guys and gals working overnight for your best Broncos content. Be good. Thanks, Luke. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, real quick, Zach. I'm gonna switch. It's it's so weird to now my because office. I have, I have nothing but mom spaghetti on my mind, thanks to Luke with that eight mile reference. So appreciate you. <laughs> oh, you're gonna see a spin and will. It'll take 15 seconds. I'll be right back. Don't you guys fret. We'll get this party started uh, or continued. Um, in the meantime, Zach, while I do that, take take a take take Andrew. Uh, was it Andrew? No, the next one. I'll be right back. All right. I just see, I see Geiger gaming uh, standing out to me. The color stands out. So Geiger, thank you so, so much for your super. We definitely appreciate you. And he's in Australia guys. So it's good morning for him. So good morning, priest. Good morning to you, Geiger and MHH family. Sorry. Haven't been able to watch live work is flat out. Here is a little love. Have to watch later. May the best guy win, but come on lock. We definitely appreciate you Geiger and we echo your sentiments. Thank you. Hey, can you hear me? Okay. You're good. You're coming in. Okay, good. So problem, problem solved. All right. So real quick, before we go much further, and thank you, Peter, you demand, really appreciate you, brother. Uh, there was a comment here that I love, dude, from Maurice, a, a very poetic comment. Uh, no, this isn't it. Hold on, hold on. It was Maurice, though. Oh, don't tell me it went. I can't go back and get it. No, dude. Was it his drink he recipe? Was, uh, I think it was Mar no, Maurice no, no. who dropped in that drink. Look tasty. I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Maurice, but he was comparing the let it breathe at the beginning to letting a steak rest when you pull it off the grill so the the juices don't <laughs> spill out right up my alley, dude. I love that. Very cool. Anyway. I guess we are um, the juices then. Indeed. Absolutely. You are the sizzle, you your, not the steak. You your butt. 
Uh, Sam Bam, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Appreciate you. He says, hello, Broncos country. Friendly reminder that the coaching staff will make the decision about who is the starting quarterback and not the media, especially not fans on social media. Let them hate. Yeah, guys, we told you, I think it was one of the last things we said last night. We've already mentioned it again today. You can't get too caught up in the roller coaster of who wins this day, who wins that. Even if it's not the quarterback position, which guys are looking good this day versus the next day. I mean, day one, Luke gushing about Jerry Judy. Day two, nary a word. You know, it was all about Sutton. It was all about Patrick. You know, if it was uh, <clears throat> as high a profile position, Zach, as quarterback, people would be reading it, uh, reading into that. Why didn't we hear about Jerry today? But it's not. You know, the quarterback is on a whole different level, but it still isn't coming upon fans and media alike not to get too far not to get too consumed by the day-to-day because guys just like we told you before this uh training camp kicked off drew lock he could end up coming out and having a great third year and turning a corner and being the guy everyone hoped he was going to be but he's not going to look like that guy in training camp especially in a format zach and a setting that favors the buttoned up consistent guy that's just pop 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 you know, uh, Teddy had some nice plays downfield today. I don't want to take that away from him, but like yeah. the guy that, you know, knows the scheme in and out, not to say that Drew doesn't, but <clears throat> just the more buttoned up veteran, it favors that guy, just like Paxton versus Trevor and so on and so forth. Exactly. Drew will have his days. You want to see those spaces in between where he goes up. You want to see him plateau a little more before he comes down instead of up, spike, down, up, spike, down. And that's what the coaches are looking for. But honestly, Zach, it's going to come down to the preseason games. So, guys, don't get too caught up right now. Yeah, I want to I kind of preface this by saying I'm not taking anything away from Teddy. You know, yesterday I criticized him for missing on a long ball to Trinity Benson, and I said he has to make those plays to get a leg up on the job or to at least make it a level playing field with the incumbent Drew Locke. And today he made that play, beating Kyle Fuller's coverage and hooking up with Timmy P. So, if Bridgewater continues showing out and Locke doesn't take that next step, then there's a reasonable chance, as it should be, that Teddy will be the starter. And, you know, you mentioned, Chad, and I agree with you, that Broncos fans shouldn't read into every single snap, every single practice. They can do it, though, technically, if you want to drive yourself crazy. I mean, think back to 2019. There were days that Joe Flacco looked good in practice. There were days in 2016 when Paxton Lynch looked good in practice. Brock Osweiler. I mean, you can't judge... Every single page of the book, you have to read the entire book and then draw your conclusion. Take it one step at a time. That's literally what training camp is. It's one practice at a time, and then we'll see more of a uh, accurate projection, I think, in real live game situations in preseason. If Drew is still making these same mistakes, if he's showing up and being inconsistent and saving his best until it's too late, then Teddy Bridgewater is going to start to lap him. But until that point, we can't make a conclusion one way or the other. Mike says, when is the first preseason game? It's August 14th. So what's cool is the Broncos are going to hop in an airplane. They're going to fly to Minnesota and they're going to have that code, that joint, you know, several, at least three training camp sessions with the Vikings. And then the first preseason game is going to be that Saturday, August 14th. So it'll be fun because that's another forum that's another situation in which you could maybe start seeing quarterbacks separate one from the other because it's one thing to go against your own guys the same defense you want to you've been going against and who've been going against you you know for two years if you're drew lock uh versus you know a, a defense that's never really seen you you know it's it's an opportunity where you could actually learn something even in those practices 
but really it's going to come down to those preseason games starting August 14th. And keep in mind as well, Vic Fangio admitted he's going to make his decision and base his decision on all of the games, not just the first game or the dress rehearsal game. So we are, when you look at the scope of that, let's say we're a month away at a minimum before we get a decision on the Broncos starter. So mentally masturbating about it every single day and driving yourself crazy with who won what and who was better and who lost it's it's immaterial when it comes to September when a decision is going to be made based off the entire subject not on the daily fixture I mean we're still going to talk <clears throat> talk about each and every day we're going to analyze it of course. what we're telling you is we're not saying don't do that and don't join us while we do that what we're telling you is just don't read too far into it that's all don't get too caught up in that uh, he, uh, R. Powell says on YouTube, Chad, Zach, I thought the Broncos waived Deshaun Hamilton. Reason I'm asking, I was watching live training camp. I see 17. They had him and his stats on the screen. Zach, I can tell you that I saw uh, some clips today. I was watching for a while too, and I saw 17, and you're like, oh, Deshaun. It's not Deshaun. Uh, I can tell you who it is, but it's not Deshaun. I saw that uh, I, I, it was going on social media. There was a screenshot and it showed 17. Yeah, NFL Network might have had their um, their wires crossed. They might have not realized that Deshaun was cut. But Deshaun's no longer in the picture. He's on, I believe he's on uh, injured reserve. They had a settlement. He's still part, I think he's still contractually, or is he a free agent entirely, Chad? I thought I he had an they, injury settlement. I, they, well, they did cut him, put him on injured reserves list, but he's cut, dude. Like he's. No, actually, he still shows. Let me let me go back to the roster real quick. So first of all, seventeen is Amara Darbo. All right, that's who currently is sporting seventeen. Let me go down to the reserves list real quick and see if they still show him. Yeah, he's shown as reserve non-football injury because remember, like Jawan James, it did happen that knee off the field, but uh, he's in a contract year anyway. You know, he was a twenty eighteen draft pick. He's he's uh, pretty well done in Denver, unfortunately. It's also it's kind of ironic because before the show we were talking to Luke about uh, an offensive lineman, Pat Morris, and you're like, no, he's not on the team anymore, and he thought he saw him out there. So it tends to happen when you have these big off-season rosters of 90 players. Yeah. Sometimes jerseys get transferred over or duplicates. It's just uh, that wasn't Deshaun, though. We can tell you that. And sometimes, you know, um, teams aren't perfect in their media department. Sometimes they have a guy okay. still listed on the roster on day two which is what they did today. They had Patrick Morris listed on the roster. So when you show up as media, you get there are materials that are given to you. And one of them is, hey, here's how you can know who you're looking at out there, right, by jersey number, because not everyone is maniacal like we are and has memorized, you know, nearly all 90 guys. And so it's helpful for many in media to have that list. They still had Patrick Morris on it. He's, he's not a Bronco anymore. He was released earlier this week. So, yeah, you roll with the punches. Uh, real quick, Zach, I want to grab Andrew here from Facebook. Uh, Andrew Lamp, who also has given us some stars. So, thank you, Andrew. Andrew. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, "Can we wait for preseason games before we crown a quarterback?" I want Locke, but if Teddy wins, I'll root him on. Well said. And yeah, if Teddy wins, hey, it's like Michaela said earlier in this chat. I am. You talk about Team Teddy, Team Drew. I'm Team Broncos, right? So if that's the guy who assumes the mantle of starting quarterback for your Denver Broncos, I mean, yeah, behooves everyone to get behind him. Even as much as a, a disappointment as it might be for someone, including myself, hey, if that's your quarterback, man, you ride and die with your quarterback, and that's just the way it is. You ride and die with your team. And if Teddy Bridgewater is 
commanding this team. I will be on here defending him as vigorously and as passionately as I do Drew Locke because I want the Broncos to succeed. So, Andrew, every word in that comment I agree with. Thank you for the stars, my friend. And and also Gary Leeds Palmer, Andrew Baker, Dave Glassman. What's up, you guys? Contributing to our goal of 500,000 stars on Facebook. You know when we reach that goal, we're going to give away a Von Miller jersey. And the only people who will be in the running for that giveaway are those who have contributed on stars. So the most you goes, the most you might get relative to winning that particular jersey when we reach 500. Appreciate you guys. Um, All right. Let me see here. Uh, Dave says, just saying, hey, Baltimore won a Super Bowl with Trent F. and Dilfer and a great defense. Hashtag go Broncos. Yeah, it can happen, and that's even something that uh, George Payton has talked about on multiple occasions. Zach, I can bring up his his quote. He even talked about it on Tuesday at the barbecue that, you know, he's asked, hey, can you win without an elite defense or elite quarterback, you know, or, you know, upper echelon quarterback play? And he said, yeah, I mean, I think the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won on the on the strength of their defense, the Super Bowl. And it's like, yeah, maybe that's true, but come on now. Does that team even get to the Super Bowl without Tom Brady? No. So, you know, those are outlying situations. Even the Broncos in 2015, the defense was the tip of the spear. Do they get to the Super Bowl without Peyton? Probably not. Probably not. But then you have situations like Chicago that dragged Rex Grossman to a Super Bowl. I mean, you have Brad Johnson in Tampa Bay with that defense. You mentioned Peyton Manning. That was the corpse of Peyton Manning in 2015. So it can happen, but for that to happen, to have below average quarterback play and still make the Super Bowl, you have to have an all-time defense like the Broncos did in 2015. But you know what? It's not a hot take to say with their personnel, Chad. They could have an all-time defense. They are that stacked. They are stacked, man. They are. And by the way, relative to Broncos Book Club, I found a new book to work into the rotation down the road. I learned today from Rod Smith. He's got a new book out. So I think it's called The Rod the Rod Way or something like that. I can find the deal. So we might do that one, but it's a little bit different. It's not like a chronicling of his career per se, although there's a lot of that stuff in it. It's more like a I don't know if Chad lagged for anybody else. Let us know, guys, in the comments. Okay. Uh, can you can you hear me? Yeah, you were like frozen for a second there. I thought it was me. I never really know because of streaming. I've been, you guys, I've been cursed with the internet. Yo, at the top of the line, best thing. I'm hanging some acoustic <laughs> treatment. You can see it on my walls right behind here, over here, acoustic treatment. And uh, I knock the router off two days ago. Didn't realize till last night that uh, when I set it back up, the thing didn't turn on. So last night was trying. Oh, not again. Chad, you pissed off the internet gods at some point. (laughs) Uh, Are you froze again? All right. Well, I'm going to hold it down, Zach. I'll I'll produce for a minute. You grab a few supers. I'll be right back. I see Sam hopping in here, so we're going to take it real quick. It's solo time on the Huddle Up podcast. Always a good time. Uh, Sam, $10 super. Thank you so, so much, Sam Babb. You know we love you and appreciate you. Uh, He says, if Teddy wins, does that mean George Payton will be looking for a quarterback in the draft or makes a strong push for Rodgers in 2022? I just don't see Teddy being our long-term quarterback, just a holdover quarterback. 
if Teddy wins the job, we can deduce that means, barring injury, that Locke wasn't good enough. And that would mean that he gave it, George Payton did, the, the season with the incumbents. The incumbent head coach, the incumbent offensive coordinator, and the incumbent quarterback. And if they don't succeed, like they think, you know, like he thinks they should and will, then he's in a clean house and get his own guys in here. I wouldn't be surprised if they re-signed Teddy to serve as a backup for another quarterback, be it a rookie or a veteran. But best believe, if Drew Locke doesn't work out, George Payton will want his guys in the building. That means his quarterback, whomever that may be, coached by his guy, whomever, whomever that may be. And I hope it's an offensive mind that can get the most out of a young quarterback. But Sam, I'm right there with you. And unless Teddy has that, you know, like you know, four thousand yard type season, thirty touchdowns, how could you have confidence based on his history? He's nothing more than a holdover. I mean, he's on his fifth, sixth team now. I always get that lost, but he's a journeyman, just like Case Keenum was. And if he can hold the fort and be the bridge guy, pun intended, for twenty twenty one, Chatty look good, by the way. Then I think the Broncos will assess their short term situation, and then I think George Payton will want his guy in the building. And if Rodgers is on the trade market and, he, you know, it's come out that there was at least due diligence, if not surface interest, he'll at least make a play for him. I mean, Teddy is young enough that you could, I mean, if he, I don't expect this to happen, but if Teddy came in, Zach, and just decimates Locke, wins the job, goes on to have like a 2015 Vikings caliber season where he's, you know, plus he's in the top 15 Pro Bowl caliber type campaign. The Broncos win some ball games. He's young enough that you could say, all right, that was impressive enough. It's been a long time since we were winning, so let's not whistle past the graveyard here. Let's go ahead and recognize where we're at and try this again with Teddy. I could see that happening, but I just don't think it's something realistic fans should get their hopes up on because I think Teddy is best served as a, as a small doses type guy. And I think the Broncos know that too. You know, he's a great fell safe. He's a guy that can keep the wheels turning. But is he your long-term swing for the fences? We need a franchise guy? Probably not. Drew has a chance to be that, though, which is why when you're seeing this stuff, you're not just going, who wins the competition when you're the coaches? you know, It's not just, hey, what happened today? What happened uh, yesterday? Uh, what hap- what's going to happen tomorrow? That's all part of the picture, Zach. But you also have to take into consideration the future. You have to take into consideration what each guy's ceiling is. I mean, there is and floors and all that stuff, and it's a, all part of the tapestry. It very well could happen that Teddy Bridgewater goes on to be a franchise quarterback in Denver, but on July 29th, nothing to this point suggests that he's going to be that. He's going to be nothing more than a one-year placeholder, and he's just keeping the seat warm for the next quarterback, similarly to what he did in Carolina for, of all people, Sam Darnold. We, while I have you real quick, uh, Chad, while you're still good, we have Seth Harmon hopping in, 499 Super. Thank you so much, Seth. But, Chad, I saw this from Kiaka, and again, while I have you here, Blows us away completely. It's going to probably knock your internet off again. That's how amazing that is. Thank you, Kiaka. 99.99 Super. You are the greatest. He goes, my brothers. I hope everyone in Broncos country is amazing. I'm in beautiful Denver. Headed to Jacksonville for a week, then back for Broncos training camp. So glad the Aaron Rodgers drama is over for the season. Maybe LOL. Aloha. Aloha to you, Kiaka. Thank you so much, Chad. It's, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, we can't wait to see you. On uh, September 26th, it's going to be freaking awesome meeting you, Kiaka. Uh, ev- as many of our great community mavens as we possibly can, it's going to be so fun. But this support, I mean, it allows us to do what we do, not just here on these podcasts, but, you know, having Luke at training camp. 
it all chips in towards keeping this content flowing, continuing to provide you guys insight, you know, knowledge, analysis, reporting, all that stuff. So Kiaka, much love to you, my friend. Seriously. Thank you. I'll be buying you a drink at the meetup for sure, Kiaka. Thank you so much. If you drink, that is. Uh, Michaela, I, she wanted us to get her super before we lose it for uh, in, in the super chat stream. Michaela, 999 Super, thank you so much. The Duchess of the podcast chat, royalty, blessing us for another evening. Michaela goes, we miss John, beast less priest. Hashtag beast, come back soon. John, you know, John's working through some things right now, Chad. And, uh, you know, everyone loves John. We, we love John. And uh, we appreciate the oh, yeah. sentiment. Yeah, of course we miss it. It would be much easier right now, especially with me dealing with a little bit of an internet issue, you know, rolling with the punches. Um, but you know, he's got things to take care of off the field, so to speak, but don't worry about it. Everything's cool. Um, he's on the NFL, NFL. You know, he's, there you go. There you go. Um, all right. Let me see here. Clayton. What's up? Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, Kiaka, the man. Did we get? Did you get this one while I was going through my problems? This, was this the Sam Bat? Yeah, one? that this was what we were talking right? about. Yep. Okay, thank you. Uh, all right, hold on. Let me let me mosey you through. I like chicken too, Edwin. So I'm right there with. Who you. doesn't? Who doesn't? All right, stand by. Here, here it is. BG. This is what I was looking for. What's up, BG? Thank you for the super chat, bro. You know we appreciate you. Legendary superstar. He is on Mount Rushmore. For the better part of two years, he was the sole owner of the all-time biggest individual super chat on the show. He was knocked off the perch by D-Dub. Dale now owns that. But, hey, BG, dude, love you, buddy. Yeah, you will always have your own perch, Brian, and every all the other super chat superstars as well. Uh, and we got Kiaka hopping in again, chat. I mean, this, he is the man saying, I finally received my MHHT and MHH hat. I'll DM the pick via Instagram. Mahalo for the swag. Are we still on for 811 as a podcast, Chad? Yes, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Let me uh, confirm I have that in my phone. I'm pretty sure I do, but yep, it's in there. You're on, dude. We're You're on good. live Donkey Kong, so we'll, we look forward to talking with you then. That'll be a nice little precursor, Zach, to our meetup in September. For sure. And thank you again, Kiaka, for the support. Okay, where we, we're hope at. You, we hope you love the swag as well. Okay, here's Lester. Y'all keep saying that Drew can be a franchise cue, but what about him tells you he can. He's been nothing but inconsistent. Um, well, look, <clears throat> he has been inconsistent. <clears throat> Pardon me. Especially last year, he was inconsistent, right? But you've seen, Lester, my question is, and it's not rhetorical, how did you feel about Drew Locke coming out of his rookie year when you saw rookie growing pains, five-game starter, but he went four and one? And it wasn't just like skin of your teeth, you're getting by in these games. You know, came in within a 24-hour window, Zach goes from IR to the starting lineup, beats a veteran quarterback and a veteran defense and Phillip Rivers and the Chargers in Denver, albeit, but still, not a gimme type of game. Uh, then he goes on the road and decimates – what ended up being the AFC South champion Houston Texans sets a record or two along the way, which one of those he still holds. Um, and then, you know, he gets punched in the teeth, right? Runs into the chief's buzzsaw in the snow that next week comes back, resets, nothing transcendent in week 16 and 17 beats the Lions, beats the Raiders, but he wins, you know, and he overcomes adversity and you're like, okay, this is what I want to see. You see a big arm, you see a, uh, an athlete, you see a guy that, has some juice in terms of swag. You see a little bit of leadership and enthusiasm out there. 
And then he got thrown a huge curveball by not only having Rich Gangarello fired, but then pandemic. We don't need to rehash all that stuff. So as we're looking at 2020, Zach, and going, all right, it's like when we had Thomas Hall on a couple nights ago and talking about his analytics piece. It's like, hey, these numbers are real. I get it that the the odds are kind of stacked on his, against Drew in terms of him bouncing back to be in that you know a top fifteen caliber Q, but if you're referencing it and basing on th- those stats on what he did last year and then the probability that he can improve upon whatever level he put on the field last year, it was such an outlier type of season that you really you'd be remiss to hold on to that. So has Drew been inconsistent? Yes. Does he need to become more consistent? Absolutely. But I just listed multiple reasons why we see him multiple tools, both of the tangible and intangible sort, that are franchise caliber. Does that make him a franchise QB, Zach? Not quite yet. He's got to put it all together and put it into a single product that is consistent. But the tools and upside are there. Broncos believe it's there too. So, And even at the height of our Drew Locke, hype train that we were you know commandeering last year going into last season Chad we were careful to mention not franchise quarterback potential franchise quarterback franchise caliber there were always qualifiers when it came to Drew Locke and still now but Lester his argument is that we haven't seen enough of Drew Locke to make the determination that he can even be a potential quarterback and that argument is the reason why we have our argument is because he hasn't had two full seasons as a starter, because he's had limited experience. He played five games as a rookie. He won four of them. Okay, he got a starting chance last year. But if you look at the circumstances, those those aren't you know excuses. These aren't theories. These aren't rumors. What happened last year did impact Drew Locke. It also impacted Pat Shermer. It also impacted the running game. But you factor in the pandemic, the injuries, and yes, the play calling. All of that went into it. So when you, again, look at his five-game rookie season, then you look at what happened last year, how is it unreasonable to want to see what he can do given more experience and more time until proven otherwise? That's a very logical way of thinking as far as I'm concerned. And guys, it's not like we're you know, out over our skis on this. The Broncos obviously think he's got it in him too, or else he wouldn't even be sniffing an opportunity to compete with Teddy Bridgewater for a starting job, right? So let me just stay, just stay patient. Can I just say one thing? If they genuinely do not believe in Drew Locke, Deshaun Watson would be playing for the Broncos right now. Case yep. closed. They would have taken Justin Fields. They would have taken Mac Jones. There's a reason why they they passed up on all those quarterbacks. So you don't have to like Drew Locke, but you have to acknowledge that the people in power like Drew Locke. Michaela, thank you so much. That's two nights in a row of just massive, massive generosity and support. You know, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you so much. I mean, it just seriously sometimes leaves us like a slobber knocker, like we just – hopped in the ring like Michael Spinks with Tyson and just boom, down for the count. Thank you so much, Michaela. She says, if Drew does not pay off, who would be the quarterback next year? I mean, I mean, look at, let's look at the market. I mean, there'd be a Rogers, maybe Deshaun Watson. I can't think of another veteran, Russell Wilson, who can be on the trade block. I don't know about free agents, but I would tend to think considering that Peyton took two first round quarterbacks in Minnesota, uh, he'd probably invest. It also would depend on where the Broncos finish, top 10, top 5, top 20. I, I would tend to think he would want a young quarterback, but maybe a veteran if he fails with Drew Locke. It, it's really uh, one or the other. I, I, Michaela hopping in saying draft, I tend to agree with that. If they have a, a decent enough pick, they probably yeah. go for the draft. And also, 
would depend on how Teddy does, right? Like, what does Teddy do? Is does he does Drew fall flat on his face and Teddy comes in and kind of not so much saves the day but plays well? That probably would still only reinforce all the more going back to the well, right? Going back to the draft, maybe try and find a trade partner for Drew if you can, and then draft in a you know trying to get into position anyway to draft a Spencer Rattler or uh, what's that kid from. Uh, Oh, North Carolina, Sam Howell. There's, there are a few interesting prospects for 2022. And if you go that route, maybe bring back uh, kind of like what the Chargers did last year. They had Tyrod Taylor as the veteran holdover uh, or the veteran, you know, bridge guy. And they had Herbert waiting on the bench and, you know, waiting to get his chance. So if they went the young route, if Teddy Bridgewater plays decently as we think he could this year, if he starts, maybe bring him back for another year while drafting a guy, getting him ready. You have the veteran fail safe and you have the rookie up and coming. I think that's the way George Payton wants to do it. All right, guys, we are uh, at 44 minutes. We'll probably cut tonight just a little bit short, just because I hate being on untrustworthy Wi-Fi. So Seth, thank you again, my friend. Appreciate you. you so much. He says it doesn't matter who starts as long as the Broncos are winning. I think Teddy gives the Broncos the best chance, but the coaches see something in Locke. I hope they're right. You know, if you had to go into battle tomorrow, you could make a good argument that based on what you've seen so far, two days, that Teddy gives you the better chance to win. But it would also, Zach, I think, depend on who's that opponent. Is it Las Vegas? Maybe. Is it the Chargers? Maybe. Is it freaking Patrick Mahomes? Maybe because he did put out a you know big statistical day last year as a Panther going against the Chiefs, but I that's again that's why you don't envy the decision these coaches have to make because it's like do you want to play it safe and hedge for the floor, or do you want to play it safe and hedge for the ceiling? Time will tell. I don't want to stay on the floor. I'd like to get up and go toward the ceiling and, and go upward. <laughs> uh, Chad, you have to ask yourself, though, if they had a game tomorrow, who would be named the starting quarterback? And that probably would be Drew Locke, if only because he's the incumbent. He would be on a short leash, and he's going to be on a short leash the entire season, but he'd probably be the starting quarterback. But again, Seth, this is the same comment we've been saying all offseason, despite the uh, the ways we're painted in, in some of these comments, no matter who is starting this year, we are hoping they do well and expecting they do well because we both want to see the best for the Broncos, not their quarterbacks, the Broncos. Big E says real quick, and then we'll <clears throat> we'll get out of here for tonight, but he says Brett Favre, Hall of Fame quarterback, was inconsistent his whole career. He'd throw three interceptions and then turn around and throw six touchdowns. Yeah, but he strung together significantly more of those, you know, impressive days at the office than he did, you know, cringe days. I mean, that's why he was a three-time NFL MVP, won a Super Bowl. I mean, that's it's really unfair to even try and compare Drew to a guy like Brett Favre. But but Big E, your main point, though, is not wrong that, hey, you know, the truly um, – you know, Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn. Look at even Lamar Jackson, okay? Do you think Lamar Jackson has been a perfect product on the field for the Ravens? Absolutely not. They get embarrassed in the playoffs every time. And he'll have those games, depends on the opponent, where he'll go from being a, you know, rushed for 100 yards and two scores and passed for three touchdowns the week prior. And then he goes into a really tough opponent, gets buzzsawed, and has a really forgettable uh, performance to say, again, nothing of the playoffs. That's part of being a young quarterback and finding a way. And so, Drew, you know, that's it's par for the course. 
What works against him, Zach, is the last five years of ineptitude and the lack of winning. So the urgency, the pressure, the it's it's just so intense. And honestly, if he can navigate that, shoulder that pressure, and power through it, he, you know that shows some real mental fortitude, some metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. Uh, but only time will tell. You know, he's getting blamed, Drew Locke is, for 2020, and rightfully so, because he had a hand in that. But he's also getting blamed for 2018, 2017, and 2016 as well. He's, you know, shouldering the demons from all the failed Broncos quarterbacks of the past. And, and that's the problem with judging Drew Locke. I mean, he was the next biggest thing heading into 2020 after winning those four games, going 4-1, and one, and looking like the franchise quarterback. Then last season, uh, you know, he, he has a down year, and he's looking like, utterly replaceable and he's drawing comparisons to Paxton Lynch. I mean, I think he proved on day one, he was nothing like Paxton Lynch. So all we can do is judge him based on his own merits and project him where we think uh, we see him going. If he doesn't cut it, you know, uh, cut it given the opportunity, if he doesn't grab the mantle, then his time is up, not just with the Broncos, maybe as a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's right. Carp diem. Remember we talked about that. Monday as well. Seize the day, Drew. This is it for you, buddy. And that's why it's frustrating when you see him go out and have a really good day that you can kind of write home about day one. And then he comes back and it's not like he was atrocious today. He wasn't. It's just that Teddy was more consistent. And what separated Teddy's performance from day one was he actually connected on a few of those bigger plays downfield. So now he pops, you know, everything adds up two plus two equals four. He can manage the game. You know, he's showing leadership out there. He moves the chains. Oh, but last yesterday, you know, he couldn't connect on big plays. This day, he does. And so now you're going, okay, yeah, we like that. We see that. Drew, you know, he just – I don't think we're going to – that's what's so frustrating about this, Zach, is you want to shake him and go, stop doing those things that are show, that are showing regression or showing that you're not improving over clear issues that have been glaring in your game as a pro – holding on to the ball too long. I mean, I think that's a big one right now. I mean, honestly, with Drew, the footwork thing, you can only fix that so much. Most NFL coaches and scouts, they believe, Zach, a quarterback relative to his technical foundation is what he is when he comes to the pros. So it's a matter of building what you can between the years. And I honestly had hoped that the experience and all the live bullet reps last year, the film study with Peyton, the additional work he's put in this offseason – that it would come out in the wash as far as seeing him getting rid of the ball quicker, you know, recognizing his pre-snap reads, uh, his hots, you know, seeing where the weaknesses is are, excuse me, and in, in how the defense rotates and rolls pre-snap and, you know, being a little bit more competent in that area. Now, I'm not saying he hasn't been, <clears throat> but you talk to Luke, he's holding on to the ball too long. I mean, come on, dude. If you drop back to pass in a training camp snap and you hold on to it so long that you decide to run off with it, that's a busted play. You might as well have thrown a pick in terms of like the success of that individual rep for the purposes of training camp. Go get rid of the ball, dude. And if you're not sure, throw it over your guy's head before you do something like that that just makes you look indecisive and weak. So Drew will get a feel for this, Zach, and I think you'll see him start showing more improvement. But again, fans, don't get your hopes up that you're going to see this suddenly dominant force all the, you know, just take take over it's not going to happen in camp but it might happen in the in the games nothing you said was untrue nothing at all but here's where the context gets lost 
Broncos fans who are either undecided or maybe even pro Bridgewater, they'll see a headline like Drew Locke had a rough practice. Drew Locke, you know, had a bunch of incompletions. They'll hear Luke come on here and do a great job and give his opinion uh, that Locke lost the day today. But if you look at another person's opinion, if you look at the context of a given play during training camp and not the day, if you really want to grade these things on a micro level, uh, Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post had a tweet today and he kind of summed up not excused, summed up and explained what Locke's problems stem from. He mentioned a uh, a low shotgun snap. He mentioned protection issues. These things go into that. So if Bridgewater wasn't afflicted by those things, that would mean he had a better advantage to have a better practice. It's just you have to look at the context. If you're going to judge someone on a micro level, you got to judge them fairly at least. That's why also I advocate Give it time, like you were saying, Chad. Let let us get to the preseason. Let us get to game one of the preseason and see how both quarterbacks do and not jump to a conclusion, but we can start to catalyze that process of figuring out who the best Broncos quarterback is going to be this year. Well said, my friend. I think that's a good note to end tonight on. And by the way, shout out to Cloud Riley. Thank you, my friend, for the stars. You know, we appreciate you, brother. Um, but guys, we'll get out of here for tonight, <clears throat> but we will be back Sunday night. Huddle up podcast. We'll be even farther into the process that is training camp and we'll see where things stand then. And in the meantime, you got Dove Valley deep divers tomorrow night. You've got trickle zone Saturday at noon. You got Broncos book club Saturday too. And Kelberman's corner Sunday <clears throat> at noon. If you are a Facebook subscriber. So Zach, make sure they know how to do that and subscribe yeah. so they can be there for Kelberman's Corner on Facebook on Sunday. But go ahead and, and do what you must with Ace. Let me just take care of Ace real quick. Uh, how are those excuses, if, if that was just a reporter reporting what happened, if there was a low snap that impacted a play, if there was a protection breakdown where uh, uh, the pass rush got to lock two seconds earlier than it normally would, how are those excuses? How are those not facts and reality? And let me ask you, Ace, because I know you're pro Teddy Bridgewater. If those same things impacted Teddy, would they still be excuses or would they be facts? I tend to think it'd be the latter for you because you see things a certain way. You have your narrative set in stone. You have your mind made up and nothing or no one is going to convince you otherwise. All you're going to do is look for things, Ace, that reinforce your own narrative and say, see, I told you so. And then the times that you don't see that and get that reinforcement, you cover your eyes and cover your ears and deflect and call them excuses. I know your game. Chad said yesterday perfectly. It's very political. I've been on Twitter long enough to navigate the politics of everything. So I know you, Ace, for sure. Anyway. Context, context is, key, is key. Context, it's key. All right, that's all That's all we're really trying to say. But, guys, thanks for a great week of yes. podcasting. <laughs> all your support. You know we love you. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Broncos camp. We'll see you together here Sunday night. Yes, thank you, guys. Hope you have a great weekend, Chad. Great weekend, everyone out there. Thank you for everyone, not just for Supering tonight, but interacting, even you, Ace. Even you, Lester, we appreciate you. We love dissenting opinions here. I love getting fired up and debating. I know Chad does as well. Uh, be sure, guys, if you haven't already, to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad right side of your screen. Don't get mad, guys, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Be sure to follow John K on Twitter at John KMHH. Also, huddleuppod.com and get your swag. As you can see, get yourself a football preset, football pre shirt that I'm not wearing right now, but ask Kiaka. He got his gear. It's sent to us on Instagram. He loves it. 
Uh, we appreciate your patronage. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Follow the page, like the page, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Chad just mentioned it. Uh, Sunday, KK, Kelberman's Corner, Kim Becker and I going over the biggest takeaways of week one of Broncos training camp, the biggest winners, the biggest losers. You guys want it, apparently. You guys want the grading. You guys want you know this and that, so we're going to give it to you. Become a supporter. Uh, you're also given access immediately to other shows like Trickle Zone, Broncos Book Club with Chad. I promise you it's a worthwhile investment, but if you can't do any of those things, we still love you. We still appreciate you, but you can do these three things real quick that take five seconds. Get yourself a copy of Elway. Subscribe, like, and share. Helps us grow more than anything you guys can do, and we appreciate each and every click, each and every tap of that screen to reach more Broncos fans like you and I. We are off for the weekend. We'll be back in the saddle Sunday evening, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, Kelberman's Corner, uh, noon Mountain Time Sunday. See you guys then. Take care. Then, as always, go Broncos.